All right, how you guys doing? Great. You're doing great. Man, some good worship tonight, huh? It's, uh, it's, always, <laughs> it's always good to watch in a room um, full of a lot of guys singing a song that over and over again, you're beautiful, and not talk about a girl. That's, uh, that's always good. Um, man, we're glad you guys are here tonight. So uh, tonight, man, we're starting a brand new series uh, that I'm excited about, and, um, and this series doesn't involve creepy dolls hanging from the ceiling, which is, which is good. And uh, I can assure you that nobody's going to bust through that door tonight with a chainsaw and, um, and chase you or make you scream. So you guys can just chill tonight, all right? You don't have to worry about getting freaked out or somebody scaring you. Um, we're actually moving into, in a much different direction over the next three weeks. And, um, and here's what we're going to be doing. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be going back to the beginning. And... Um, and back to the very beginning, I mean, before there was Instagram and, you know, uh, Throwback Thursdays and before dumb people invented stuff like twerking and um, shows like the Kardashians, and, which no one should watch, um, before all that stuff, um, before you and I even took a breath, back to the very beginning, not of just some things, but the beginning of everything, and for us to be able to, tonight, as we start off, that everything has a beginning. Um, your life has a beginning, my life had a beginning, I and mean, everything we think about had a beginning. And everything, in reality, has an end to it as well. And so, for us, what we're gonna do is, is go all the way back to what is it that happened at the very beginning. Um, this week, I was thinking about that word beginning, and so I was thinking about all of the, um, like all the beginnings that I've had in my life, and um, it was really quite fascinating. Uh, I, I remember the beginning of high school, for example, and, um, and being a freshman, and being scared to death that I was going to get, you know, beat up or shoved in a locker, or that girls wouldn't talk to me, um, you know, all that stuff that, we're the freshmen in the room, where you at? They don't cheer, they just raise their hand. They're like, I'm here. You know, those things that all of us were freshmen at one point, and we all feel that. You know, we're the top dog in middle school, and we get to high school, and all of a sudden there's, you know, these guys that want to kill us. And it's, and it's always scary. And so I remember my freshman year, you know, always kind of thinking about, man, I hope that I don't get beat up today, and I hope that I can survive, and no one pulls my pants down in the lunchroom, and, you know, just, just stuff like that, um, that there are all stories to why, why I thought those things. Um, and I think we've got a picture of, of me in high school, which is, which is quite sad. Um, now this, I'm, I'm the really awesome guy in the uh, white cool shade, or the cool shades and the hat flipped on backwards. And um, this actually was on a beach in Hawaii, all right? So, so don't be making fun, too much fun of me. Um, and do you know who that is to my right? That is Paul Richardson right there. He doesn't look like he's aged at all. So that was me in high school. But I remember, I remember the beginning of high school. I remember the beginning of, of my marriage. And I remember standing at the altar, you know, in front of this incredibly beautiful girl and being excited but also not having a clue what in the crap I'm about to get myself into, you know? It's that moment like, I think this is going to be awesome. She looks awesome. 
what am I going to do? You know, and it's, it's that moment. And go ahead and throw up that picture. This is, this is me and her on our honeymoon. So sweet. Just two young people in love. She doesn't look like she's aged at all. Um, so I remember the beginning of that. I remember the beginning. I go back to the beginning of the birth of, of our kids. And, um, and me just being like a sobbing mess, you know, for the birth of all three of our kids and going, oh, my goodness, you know, this is holding, you know, that baby and going, this is amazing, and yet I'm scared to death, and I don't know what this is, you know, this is going to, what, what's going to happen. And, and that, was, that was Avery, uh, who's now almost four here in, in a little over a month. And um, so, I mean, I remember all those, all of those beginnings, and I think, it's, it helped me to, to kind of go back and reminisce a little bit about the beginning of all the things that, that I've experienced. And here's what I love about beginnings. When you think about the beginning of something, it's, it's new. Like there's, the story is yet to be written. I mean, everything is just, it, there's a blank slate. And there's something incredible about that because you get a chance to kind of fill in the gaps. Like the story is not written, nothing has been spoken, nothing has been said like this, you're at the beginning of something and you get a chance to see what takes place. And for us, as we go back to the very beginning, like all the way back to the beginning, not just of our life or, or you know, certain things, but the beginning of everything. At the very beginning of the world, the story had yet to be written, had not yet been written. And for us to pose a question, what is it that happened in the beginning? What is it that got us to the point that we're at now? I mean, was it, was it some cosmic explosion like a lot of people think that, you know, stuff just kind of happened and then all of a sudden the beginning took place? Is that what happened? Or is there something else involved? Is, is it possible that, that at the beginning there was a creator who spoke everything into existence? Now, I want to call a time out here before before we continue on and just say over the next three weeks as we're in this series, um, and I hope I don't need to do this, but I, I feel like it's necessary, to, especially with where we're gonna go to, to say this. It's all right, I wanna give permission for us to be able to ask questions. And hopefully that's true of any week, that you're not just, I mean, it's, it's really, really important, especially when it comes to stuff like this, that you're not just dependent on us to force feed stuff to you and, and tell you what you should believe and what you shouldn't and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it is important for you guys to be able to ask questions. That it's a healthy thing and why small groups are such a big deal is, and why discussion is such a big deal in those groups is so that you can begin to wrestle with those things and ask those questions. Because it is vitally important for every single one of you in the room, particularly for those of you that claim that you're a follower of Jesus. It is so important for you to have a biblical worldview for you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And for you to ask questions and wrestle with things and think through stuff and pray about it and seek answers. And why it's so important that you do that here is because we can be, come alongside and help guide you and help answer some of those questions and help you think of other questions so that you can kind of form and shape and allow God to help shape your, your worldview. Because there will be, if there aren't already, there will be college professors and there will be friends, and there will be even family members who will try to rip apart what you believe. 
And if you just kind of go through the motions and you just go along saying, well, I just believe it because he said it or because my small group leader said it, instead of really asking questions and wrestling with those things and figuring out what you believe and why you believe it, then when those moments of persecution come, when there are people that don't hold that view and are telling you that you're an idiot for believing it, then you're gonna be in rough shape because you're not gonna have worked through those answers and those questions yourself. And so over the next three weeks, it's really important, you know, with every series, but especially during this series, for you to, to feel the freedom to ask those questions. And we wanna post some of those questions. We wanna ask some of that stuff and, and hopefully be able to wrestle with some of those things together. Now, regardless of what you choose to believe about the beginning, whether you believe that it was a cosmic explosion or, and then over the course of millions of years, things kind of evolved, or you believe in creation, that there is a God who created everything, no matter what you believe about the beginning, it takes faith. Because none of us were there, obviously, and there's some that are old enough that we think they might have been, but there, none, of us, none of us were there. And so, you know, we can, you know, we can have evidence and we can ask questions and we can, you know, kind of figure out what we believe and why we believe it. But at the end of the day, it's going to take faith no matter what direction we go in. It's going to take faith for us to be able to understand what we believe. And next week, what we're going to be doing is we're going to look specifically about evolution. Um, how many of you guys, just out of curiosity, how many of you guys either maybe right now believe in evolution or you know people that believe like strongly in that? Just raise your hand. See, this, this shows what a, what a big deal and how important this is for us to be able to talk through this together. So next week, we're going to talk specifically about evolution. Tonight, what we're going to be able to do is we're going to look at, at the angle of what if there was a God who created everything? I mean, what if it didn't just happen by chance? What if there was a creator who spoke it into existence? Now, here's what I want to do as we start tonight. I want to start with this premise all right, or this, this statement. Before there was anything, God was. Before there was anything, God was. And everything that came, came from God. All right, so I, I want to be able to just kind of start from that, that point. Now, whether you believe that or not right now or whatever, that we kind of start at that point. All right, and we're going to kind of talk through some of that stuff together. But before there was anything, God was. And everything that is came from God. In, uh, in John chapter one, the writer uh, John talks uh, in, in the beginning of that chapter, starting in verse one, and here's what he says. He says, in the beginning, the word, meaning God, or Jesus, the word already existed. In other words, before the beginning even happened, Jesus existed, God existed. The word, Jesus, was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. So again, we start with that premise that before anything existed, God was. That in the beginning, the word was with God. The word was God. And before anything was created, God was. God existed. Now, the natural question to be able to ask after that and say, all right, if God created the universe, if God created everything, then who created God? All right, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of us in the room that have asked that question. 
or have had that question asked to us. All right, even if we believe that the world was created by God, then where did God come from? Who created him? And in order for us to answer that question, and you guys will get a chance to talk about it in your groups in, um, in just a little bit, what I want to be able to do in order to explain that is to talk about the principle of causality, all right? And we can throw that up on the screen. Now, here's what the, the principle of causality says. It says, everything which has a beginning has a cause. Everything which has a beginning has a cause. So, for example, this table has a beginning, all right? It hasn't just always existed. It has a beginning. And so, therefore, because it has a beginning, there's something that caused this to exist, There's something, whatever that may be, that caused this table to exist, all right? Same with this building that we're in, all right? This building hasn't always been here. It had a beginning. And so therefore, because it had a beginning, it has a cause. If you think about other stuff like, you know, even natural disasters like earthquakes, all right? Earthquake has a beginning. It hasn't always gone on. I mean, it, it happens as a beginning and an end, and sometimes it lasts for several seconds or whatever, But there is, because it has a beginning, it has something that has caused it to happen. So the same is true when it comes to the universe. The universe has a beginning. All right, now there were a couple hundred years ago, there were scientists and people, smart people, that believed that the universe was eternal, that the universe was always around, that it had always existed. And then through you know, science and, and in the early 1900s, they started to, to discover that, you know what, that's not the case. And they started to realize that the, you know, the, the universe is, is losing energy. And, and what they were able to do through reasoning and, and all these, these experiments and stuff was to determine that in all actuality, the universe, instead of it being eternal, it actually had a beginning. That something caused it. So the universe has a beginning, and because it has a beginning, there's something that had to have happened to cause it. There's something that had to happen. Now, to be able to explain that question, well, then what about God? Here's here's what I would say about that. If you look at what the very definition of God is that God is, in part, as part of who he is, God is eternal. And what that means is because God is eternal, that if God created everything, that with that, God created time and matter and space. That not only did God create the universe, but with that, God created time. And because God is eternal, God is outside of the confines of time, that God is not limited or restricted to time. Therefore, because of that, God does not have a beginning. That what we believe and what the Bible talks about is that God always is, or always was, always is, and always will be, that God is eternal. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that word eternal. Like, that used to freak me out when I would think about the word eternity and what that could possibly mean. Because, and it's so hard for us to get our minds around because everything that is a part of our life has a beginning and an end, right? We know, I mean, we, we live our lives based on time. And everything has a start and everything has a beginning. And thank God that school has an ending, you know, and, and a beginning. And, I mean, so everything that we're a part of, everything that, that we're involved in in our life has a beginning and an end. And so when you think of eternity, when you think of something always existing and always will exist, 
that's an, a really tough thing for us to get our minds around. And I used to think about, all right, so heaven one day, like we're gonna live there forever. How is that even possible? How is it possible and where you, you just keep going and going and going? Like at some point, there's gotta be an end. Like at some point, it's gotta stop. And it's, it got me so worked up. I remember when I was younger, like thinking, how is it possible this whole thing of eternity and what does this look like? And it used to like get me all worked up and I couldn't, I couldn't think straight because it was impossible for me to get my mind around. And so for us, what we would say is that God is eternal. So therefore, God is not restricted by time. And because of that, God doesn't have a beginning, nor does God have an end. Now, in Genesis chapter one, we read the biblical account of creation, all right? What the Bible talks about, about how the world came into existence. And it says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, here's what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, it's important for us to to be able to note, I think one of the things I love about God is that God is a creative God. So when it comes to creation, God didn't just kind of snap his fingers and all of a sudden like everything just happened, even though he could have done that. And what it says is that God created, like there was effort involved, there was work, there was detail where it was God was creating and putting all of the intricate details of creation together. That it wasn't that he was just bored one day and had nothing else to do and so he just snapped his fingers and all of a sudden everything just appeared but that God was very intentional and God put forth effort and work and created the world and the universe in which we live. So it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you continue to read through Genesis chapter one, and we're not gonna do that, we then read about the account of a creative God being creative. And it goes through day by day about how he created light and darkness about how he created the sky and how he created the water and the land. How he created the plants and the trees. Then he created the sun and the moon and the stars. And then over the last couple of days, he created the fish in the sea and the birds of the air and the animals on the land. And finally, after all of that was done, finally he created humans. He created male and female, man and woman. And then at the end of that, if you look at Genesis chapter one, I love this, in verse 31, after God had taken what are are to be six days, God took six days and created everything. In verse 31, it says this. It says, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. Now, I, I try to relate that to, to me a little bit in terms of I am, I, I could be called a lot of things, but creative is not one of them, all right? Especially when it comes to, um, when it comes to like designing or making stuff, all right? I can change the oil in my car and that's about it. Um, I was never good at art or like drawing. I can draw a really ridiculous looking stick figure. Um, I am not artistic. I'm not creative in terms of designing and making things and putting stuff together, and so, just to prove my point a little bit, um, I remember in high school, how many of you guys have ever been to shop class? Or, do you guys have that now? What is wrong with this world? You don't have shop class? 
Some of you guys do. So I was in shop class like as a sophomore in high school. And um, the only reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to play with those like, you know, huge saws where you could like cut people. And so I wanted, I wanted to do that. It looked like fun and it was definitely better than math or something like that. So, so I took shop class and I made all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Um, I made a bird, a birdhouse one, one time that um, I wish I had, I've still got it somewhere and I couldn't find it. And it, it was just sad. But I made, that year I also made this really cool box that um, this, was the, <laughs> this was the limit of my creativity was the stinking box. So I made this box um, and you can put stuff in the box and I, I created these really cool little notches here that I glued and then you put in and it keeps the top from falling off. Isn't that cool? That's real creative. Um, and if you were to come up here and look at this thing, um, it, is, it is definitely not, they're not straight edges, they're not lined up right, glue's coming out of the side. Um, you can see where I drew on it to write the line so I knew where to cut and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and somehow by the grace of God, I got a B plus on this thing, which means the, um, the, the um, teacher just felt bad for me. So this is what I created, all right? This doesn't speak like, wow, that's amazing, Todd. You're, you're so incredible. You're so creative. Um, I remember when Angie and I were dating, um, I, I tried to be a little bit romantic, not too much because you don't want to be lame, but I wanted to be a little bit romantic and, and when it came to birthday or Valentine's Day, I wanted to try to think a little bit outside the box or do something, not just buy her a gift card or something lame, which she actually probably would have much rather had. So I remember one year, I, <laughs> I decided, you know what, I'm gonna make her this really cool picture frame. And so I found it last night and Angie was embarrassed all over again. And um, so I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a picture frame and I'm gonna, this is when we were dating, and I'm going to write soulmates in letters down the side. <laughs> and I'm going to put pictures of all of the times that we've had together. And then I'm going to give it to her and say, happy Valentine's Day, my soulmate, or something. And uh, letters have already fallen off this thing. And um, she had to look at the pictures and make sure that it was okay to, for me to be able to bring this. But I created crap like this, all right? This doesn't exactly scream creative. Um, my... Um, my daughter, Carson, who's seven, she is creative. And so she's artistic and she loves to draw and paint and, and all that kind of stuff and she's actually good at it. And so I remember one night, not too long ago, I was like, hey, sweetheart, let's, um, like, you color whatever you want to color and draw and then I'll do the same thing. And in my mind, I'm thinking, let's see if I'm better than my, my little seven-year-old daughter. And um, so she did her thing and then I did my drawing and go ahead and put the picture up. Here's what I drew. Now, there, there are so many things that are just sad about this picture. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's Carson in the dress, and then that's Jesus, and it says, what would I do? And then there's a turtle saying, hi, Jesus. Um, you can tell I'm a pastor, can't you? It's so sad. Um, now, I'm a grown man, and I drew that. All right? That looks like my seven-year-old drew it. But I am 34 years old, and that's the crap that I just put together, and that's the best that I've got, all right? I'm not, I'm not making it up. I wasn't trying to go easy on her. Like, that's it, all right? That is my masterpiece right there, and it's sad and pathetic. See, there is nothing, like when I think about stuff that I can create, there's nothing about that that after the fact I look and go, man, it is good, right? It's more humiliation and embarrassment and laughter because of how lame they are. 
And yet, what I love about this is God is able to look at the creation of the world. Not just some painting that he drew, not just some you know, little thing, but the creation of everything, the creation of the universe. God is able to look over that after he is done and say with complete confidence, it is good. I mean, I can picture God just kind of take a step back and go, yeah, I'm God, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it is good, this is amazing. Look what I have created. And you and I are able to look at how amazing the world is and we can back that claim up. I mean, when was the last time that you drove down the road and you looked at a sunset and you thought, man, how pathetic is that? That just looks stupid. <laughs> right? I've seen some of your sunset pictures on Instagram. All right? You think they're pretty cool. All right? We look at a sunset and we say, it is good. That is incredible that, God, that that is in existence, that that exists right there. Or maybe, how many of you guys have ever been to the beach and sat on the the shore and looked out at the ocean and thought how small you were and gone, it is good. Not just because I'm getting a tan right now, but this is incredible. Or we think about if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon or you've been on top of a mountain and you've looked out on a clear day and you've been able to see for miles and you've looked and not thought, man, this is kind of lame that I'm up here looking at this. But you've had to take a step back and go, man, it is good. This is incredible. This is amazing. Now, to put things into perspective about how good or how amazing or how incredibly big and powerful the world is that God has created, I want you to just to check out a couple of these facts. In terms of how big everything is, listen to this. If you could travel at the speed of light, all right, which for you science nerds in the room, is 186,000 miles per second. If you could travel at the speed of light, it would still take you 100,000 years to cross just our galaxy. So 100,000 years going the speed of light in order just to cross our own galaxy. And we know through you know, technology and all this kind of stuff that there are, this is not just our own galaxy. I mean, there are other galaxies that exist out there of how incredibly vast and big the universe is. Just in terms of how articulate everything is and how put together everything seems, if the force of gravity was only slightly increased, any animals the size of humans would be crushed immediately. Insects would need thick legs to support themselves and animals slightly larger couldn't even survive. If you think of a single cell animal, just a single cell animal organism contains the same amount of information as 1,000 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica. Just one single cell organism. So if you found an encyclopedia laying on the ground in the middle of a field or something, would you look at that and go, oh man, it just happened to exist all by itself? Or would you say that something caused that? There's something that happened. It couldn't have just appeared. One scientist has figured the odds of just one, a one-cell animal to come forth naturally by chance at one in 10 with 40,000 zeros behind it, all right, of just one single-cell animal to come to existence on its own by chance, one in 40, or one in 10 to four, with 40,000 zeros behind it. Now, you think about the earth and how perfectly placed it is. 
in terms of size and position and angle that only a few degrees closer to the sun and we disintegrate. If we were only a few degrees further away from the sun and we would freeze. And in either case, life would cease to exist. If you think about the axis of the earth, that it's tilted at a perfect 23 degree angle, which allows equal global distribution to the la- to, uh, of the rays of the sun, making it possible for the food chain to exist. But it has to be tilted at the right angle. Earth has the exact combination of nitrogen and oxygen in the atmosphere that we breathe every single day. And it happens to be the exact mix that we need in order to survive. And no other planet has that. If you look at the moon, Earth's moon is the perfect size and distance so that it, increase, it increases tides, helping the ocean currents circulate and keeping the ocean as nutrient-rich as possible. Now, these are just some of the, the interesting facts that you know, aren't found in the Bible, but are scientific facts, things that we know about the world in which we live. And I could throw out fact after fact after fact that would be able to help us understand how intricate and how detailed and how designed the world and the universe is in which we live. And for us to determine in our mind, either we can believe that things just sort of happened by chance, things just existed. Or as just like more and more scientists, as they begin to understand more of this stuff, we're realizing, you know what? Man, it's hard to believe that things just happen. I mean, there's a lot of things that point to an intelligent designer. There's a lot of facts that back up that, man, it's, it's hard to just believe that these appeared. And in fact, it might actually take more faith to believe that than it does to believe that there's a God who spoke it into existence. See, these things point not to just some random acts of chance, but rather to a creative God who made everything to fit together perfectly. So no matter where we look, whether it's the human body or the mountain ranges or the placement of the earth, it points to a God who is big and powerful and able to create something incredible out of nothing. In Psalm 19, 1 through 4, it says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. What the writer in Psalms here is saying is that the heavens and everything, the human body, everything points to the glory of God, the power of God, a creator who spoke everything into existence. Now, some of you guys may be in the room tonight and you're going, well, how does this really relate to me? Like, I wasn't there at the beginning, does it really matter you know, how it happened, the point is we're here. And what I would challenge and why I would say that this relates to us and why this is such a big deal is it impacts everything. And what we view about how the world came into existence reveals our belief or our view about God. And our view about God helps shape our worldview. And it impacts the way that we view other people and the way that we view ourselves. So in reality, what we believe about this is vitally important. It's not just something we can go, ah, who really cares? I wasn't there. It's so important for us to be able to understand and create that worldview and to be able to see what I believe about how the world came into existence matters. Because it impacts who I am and what I believe about the world and what I believe about other people. 
And either we believe that things just sort of happened by chance and we're just, there's no God that things just kind of evolved over millions of years and there was some bang or some explosion or something happened and we're all here today. And if we believe that, there's no accountability to God that we can, we can do whatever we wanna do and that's attractive for a lot of people. Or we can take a step back and go, you know what, there's, there's too much evidence to believe that things just happened. Then in reality, it points to a creator who created things. And when we understand and have a proper view of God, an, an accurate view of God, I mean, it impacts everything. And my question for you tonight as, as we finish up would be, what kind of view do you have about God? I mean, maybe there's some of you in the room that you think, Man, I, I believe that God exists, I believe that God created, and yet your view of God is very small. And it reveals itself when there are issues or problems that you face in your life, because then all of a sudden, what you believe about God is tested. Do you believe that there is a great God, a powerful God who spoke everything into existence, who worked and formed the world in which we live? And if that is the case, then certainly he knows every detail about us and he can handle any situation or any problem that we face. Or when problems come or when situations happen and we have a very small or inaccurate view of God and we start to doubt, man, can God really do anything about this? Can God solve this situation? Can God reveal himself? Or can God, is God even there? Does God care about me? When we have a proper, accurate view of the power and the greatness and the majesty of God, it impacts everything. It impacts our worship. And we're able to take a step back and like the writer of Psalms go, when I, when I look upon the world, when I gaze upon the creation, I can't help but think, what am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? God, who am I that you would care about me? And it impacts the way that we live and the way that we worship because we believe that there's a God who spoke things into existence. Here's the main point for us tonight. Our worldview needs to be based not on a God that we have created, but on the God who created everything. A worldview needs to be based not on a God that we create, but on the God who created everything. And so it just comes back to the question, and, and the question that I hope that you guys will, will answer and talk about in your small groups. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about the universe and the world in which we live? Do you, do you look back and go, you know, man, there's so much evidence that points to a creator. Do you believe that there is a great and powerful God out there who spoke everything into existence? And not only that, but as we'll talk about in a couple weeks, knows everything about you. That nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens just by random chance or he wasn't paying attention one day, but everything because of who God is. God is very intentional and very purposeful in the things that he creates. And he makes no mistakes. And there's no failures or no shortcomings, but we serve a God who is big and powerful and in control of everything that he has created. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for your love for us tonight. God, I know there are students in the room who, um, 
God, this is, this is a, 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 big, a big area for them. God, they really wrestle with where everything came from and what, what the universe looked like in the beginning or whether you exist or what to believe about things like evolution and all that. God, I, I, I know there's a lot of questions in the room. There's a lot of different beliefs in the room. God, I pray that students would feel the freedom to be able to voice those questions and ask those things and um, God, in small groups and just in, 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 in ultimately to bring those things to you. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. God, I pray that we would get an accurate picture of who you are and God, that that would shape our view of the world, that that would shape who we are and the way that we view other people and God, it would impact everything. God, it's such a big deal that we have an accurate view of who you are. So God, I pray that you would reveal more of who you are to us. God, I pray where there are doubts or there are questions or there are, um, where there's unbelief, God, I pray that we would be willing to bring those things to you and, and look to you and ask for you to reveal those answers to us. God, I pray that you would show us what we're to believe. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are, God. And I know there's a lot of us in the room who say there is a great and powerful God who was in control, who created everything, and yet in spite of all of that, still is intimately involved in every detail of our life. God, you love us and you proved it on the cross. When things went astray, when creation that you had created it was good, when sin came in and messed up the picture, God, you didn't just leave it, but you jumped in and you gave up your life for us. So God, all of this matters. All of this ties together. So God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. As we continue to worship, God, may you be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.